Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is Studio C41 and I'm Bill Manning and we are here for another one-on-one interview. Um, I came across an article uh, a couple weeks ago that was on the New York Post and um, this article says the September issue is dead and this is in reference to Vogue and um, there's it just goes in and talking about how print is just not as powerful as it used to. And um, when I spoke to this gentleman, he's launching a Kickstarter in regards to this. And uh, this is a, a photo classic international. And I have the editor in chief, Marwin Elmazayan. How are you, sir? Hello. How do you do? Doing well, doing well. So I'm really excited to hear about this, um, this publication, this Kickstarter you're starting, because um, I, I feel like that this article really came in great timing because um, it really does say that print is dead. And, and I think that is more so in a commercial space. And I, with, along with this film resurgence that we have here, you are doing something that's very interesting. And I think that there's so much potential in, in, in really redoing the magazine. So if you want to kind of let the listeners know what you're trying to do here. Well, in fact, um, you know, when we started in Germany with Photo Classic magazine mm-hmm. uh, in 2012, people um, said the same thing. Film is dead and uh, print is dead. And so what's more more dead than film, a, a, a printed magazine uh, about film photography? So, um, in fact, it was definitely the opposite. We, we were, it was a great success. The first issue was sold out immediately and people called us and they said, we went to the newsstand and we bought that magazine and we were surprised about the smell of paper <laughs> and going, there is something very special about that. And, um, I mean, if you have a photo, you want to touch it, you want to see it and you mm-hmm. want to have it on. Paper. Yeah, that's. That's really cool. You bring up a very good point. So Photo Classic is a quarterly publication. Uh, first, as you said, uh, published out in Germany. And so you focus ma- mainly on good content um, that you publish out and then the quality of the paper that you're putting printing this on. And I think it's so important that we've put such an awesome emphasis on uh, this kind of print quality because um, – you know, we see we live in such a digital world that we have lost that sense of touch, you know, and um, and that is a huge role when it comes to the uh, analog world, um, because print really completes the circle. Um, and, and a lot of people don't, you know, they shoot analog, but they don't complete it by going to print. And that's whether you print it out on your own or putting it into a zine. And you guys are doing this uh, into a zine. So. Let's backtrack a little bit. Um, I'd like to hear your story, Marwin, as far as how did you get into photography and film photography, let alone? Oh, well, that's a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I was born in 1970, so um, uh, in the mid-70s, I just I was always uh, amazed about my dad's Minolta. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I had to, sometimes he let me use it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, wow, 
<laughs> and that was the thing, how it started. And with 12, 13, I came the first time into a lab at our school. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the, the print process um, under the enlarger when they just printed the first negatives. And, and that really um, amazed me that much that I wanted to do that myself. So mm-hmm. the first was hunting for was a used enlarger, which I bought for at that time, for 50 German marks it was, was from the 50s. And I started to experiment. Mm-hmm. So I did it all time. And uh, over the years and at school, I gave courses and uh, portrait photography was later on the thing. And, and then I started to study and uh, I studied uh, something serious. Mm-hmm. People have to study something serious. And uh, but I never got away from photography and uh, was always it was always following me and um, well then after the digital revolution I didn't stop and I just used the time to buy cheap gear because everything was cheap at the time and I invested into it uh, mm-hmm. that was the way and in 2012 when that project started with um, a photo classic mm-hmm. just we're looking for people who have knowledge because a lot of knowledge was lost and uh, um, I said, okay, I'll join it. And since then, I'm with the Photo Classic Project. That is amazing. You know, you bring up a very valid point, um, a knowledge that has been lost. And I think um, e- even though uh, you're not quite a millennial, um, but what I've commonly seen with uh, a lot of millennials is that they're picking up film and have never shot it before, right? This is completely foreign to them. And... Um, and my memories of film was just my parents shot it and they kept it in the refrigerator. And then, you know, as I got older, digital became more prevalent. Um, and then I became, uh, I would say more callous towards digital and wanted to, uh, experiment more with this film medium as it became more and more popular. Um, so this is absolutely awesome that, uh, you're creating a publication where people can, uh, gain information from. So, you said that you want to include information. So what kind of um, education did you, do you want to try to provide within these types of articles? Well, I mean, I mean, you just mentioned that that generation. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that uh, uh, we have only old readers, but that, that's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, our majority of readers in Germany is in the age group between 18 and 35. Oh, wow. And that's very interesting because what what we see is that analog photography or film-based photography um, is not the same type of photography we had in the late 90s mm-hmm. or in the 70s or 80s. Um, it has reinvented itself in a total new way. Mm-hmm. And that is done by the young generation, um, especially those who were born in 2000 and who grew up with my, uh, with digital cameras and, and, and mobile phones. Yeah. Um, and they are just taking that. They found they found an old camera in their in, in one of the drawers at their parents home uh, or their grandparents camera. And they mm-hmm. just put a film. They start to experiment and they t- have a total new view on that. Um, the only thing what we just saw is that they are seeking for knowledge and we try to close that gap. Mm-hmm. Um enough old knowledge back so that they just can use it. Um, but what we don't want is to tell them, look, you have to do it this way. And because we always did it this way and uh, it's not the time, it's not, 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 not that information we want to bring. Mm-hmm. We want to act that, 
but we want to let them do their own way and use the use film in the 21st century. That's the idea behind it. That's amazing. And now what what was it that kind of led you into creating this publication like was there something that um where you you saw this gap and you said you wanted to bridge it. Um, I mean, what what was that drive behind it to saying, hey, this cannot disappear? I think, um, well, I was not the founder of the German photo classic. That was done by a guy called Thomas Maschke, who has unfortunately died like mm-hmm. years ago um, uh, on a young age because of a disease. But um, mm-hmm. he was he was definitely uh, he noticed this that there was there were people seeking for it um and we just said okay let's try it and i think it has to be on print because that's the logic way shooting analog means also later on consuming it uh-huh. analog and and that worked that worked yeah. because at the end of the if you're just consuming it all on an LCD screen, you have one possible display. But mm-hmm. if you're just setting, how do you want to to bring that exact feeling of uh, a fiber black and white print? Mm-hmm. Um, you're sitting hours and hours and using this developer and trying this and that or that filter, and then you just have it on an LCD screen and or on your mobile phone. Um, that's possible. And I think we also support that idea and to share the catalog photos on but we also say that one of one part of the joy is to really have a print in your hand or a slide in your fingers or see a projection of the slide. Right. That's definitely what we would like to do. Well, uh, that's absolutely amazing. And so, um, Photo Classic has been uh, around. You said as before, and um, so let, let's let's move into this uh, Kickstarter. So. I know that um, uh, Photo Classic did its first attempt, uh, I want to say it was around last year, and you guys didn't quite make it up that way, but you guys are coming back again. So kind of tell me about the story of Photo Classic and kind of just restarting all this. We, we started in 2016 on the Photokina, and we had our stand there, the German Photo Classic, and mm-hmm. we were surprised that Japanese were buying a German magazine. They were yeah. they were just starting to buy our magazine on the on the exhibition on the Photokina in 2016, mm-hmm. and we just asked them if they speak German, mm-hmm. and uh, they said no, but love to have that <laughs> magazine, and mm-hmm. uh, then a lot of other visitors from the Anglo-Saxon language area, they just said, we need something in English. There's nothing like that uh, in the UK or in the United States or in Australia. Mm-hmm. So um, can't you do that? And we said, but yeah, the financial costs and all this thing, we are not really ready for that. Mm-hmm. We got so many requests about that, that we started to think about it. And well, well, we have here in German a saying, it's called Schnappide. How would you translate that in, in English? It was one of these ideas which you just um, said, okay, let's try it. And mm-hmm. we tried our first Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's absolutely awesome that you guys did it. Because, I mean, it's very cool to hear that people want this. And, um, and I think it's one of those... Uh, I, I feel like I have a very similar difficulty because I get a lot of messages from people saying, this is an awesome podcast. You need to do this. You need to do that. And you should try this. And, you know, all that is great, but, you know, it actually does cost a lot of money. And and I cannot imagine how much more expensive from going from a 
you know, publication in a single country to something that's international. So let, let's talk about the the what are you guys what's the uphill battles that you guys are facing with this uh, Kickstarter? Well, the first thing was the content. What should be put in? I mean, um, especially you know, cultural. There are cultural differences oh, all yeah. over the world. Even in Europe, in Europe. I mean, for example, if you have a cover, you can't put every cover in, in Germany. A cover that is not a problem for anybody could be a problem in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to be very careful about how we're going to put it. And um, the next thing is we didn't want to make a translation of the German uh, uh, photo classic because reading habits are different in different cultures. Mm-hmm. So um, it was not so easy to to decide what should be in the new photo classic and the international one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, um, it was definitely clear it can't be um, um, a translation of the German, so it had to have a different content. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the that was the start. And well, we had a I had a good a good consultant. Um, um, well, Karis Schulo, she's she's herself American, and she gave us quite a good idea about especially the biggest market we were targeting was the United States. Mm-hmm. So. The mentality of the readers there and what is the demand there. Mm-hmm. So that's how we focused um, in our planning about that. That's really cool. So um, now, will the so you said that this is just not going to be like a straight translation change going into the articles. Like, will there be a totally different set of content in the international yes. version versus the uh, German version? Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. if we're talking, for example, about a film, let's say if if there is an whatever brand film is released, uh, I mean, the technical specs will be similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk, but the entire content, the entire articles are written by um, mostly native speakers, but also mainly international. Uh, uh, we have in our, in our inaugural uh, issue now, in the special edition, the 130 pages, mm-hmm. we have uh, 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 writers from five continents. Oh, wow. And, uh, we just have one or two from Germany, and most of them are from Europe, United States, Asia, from everywhere. So, in fact, um, only Antarctica is missing at the moment. So. <laughs> I don't think you'll have a very big subscriber base in Antarctica. <laughs> we have from nearly all continents, um, we do have content. and. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes the thing really interesting. That makes the thing really interesting to deal with all of that. Um, on the other hand, uh, you have to make it readable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Spanish or an Italian uh, um, writer writes something in English, uh, it's difficult uh, to translate it in that way that um, an English reader can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, native speaker really gets it and so but we don't want to lose also um uh, this kind of style mm-hmm. because all part is very important when you translate something yeah but we have great help here <laughs> that that's absolutely awesome and I, I was looking at the kickstarter that you guys have up and you guys are actually not only fully funded but you are overfunded on your uh this new attempt and i just want to say congratulations this is absolutely awesome to see that uh you guys are going to go through with this this is so exciting um 
so tell me about some of the this new inaugural uh, publication that you guys are going to put out. Uh, I saw that uh, we saw some names that uh, a lot of the community, the film community, would be uh, would that would know. Yeah. Well, in fact, that's that, that's the next part. Um, we just wanted to have a green line. Uh, we wanted to have a line which always goes through all the magazines, and and mm-hmm. there were the idea to have some. Um, some writers uh, with us uh, from different parts who are always guiding us through uh, all of all other issues. And um, there's, for example, from the United States, Bruce Barnbaum. We met him here in Germany, and uh, he was amazed about that story. I mean, he's definitely uh, uh, really one of the, the great photographers uh, today. Uh, he was an Ansel Adams student, and um, he has a great knowledge, and he's also... A very good writer, um, and uh, he just said, "Okay, I'm in this project, and I will, I will help you guys." <laughs> and uh, we were really glad about that. Um, and we have from UK, we have Andrew, uh, uh, um, um, Andrew Sanderson. Um, we have Japan Camera Hunter from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, um, uh, different guys from Europe who are. In, in the Super 8 um, scene, especially oh, cool. cinema photography. So the Polaroid, um, um, uh, some some very famous Polaroid photographers are in our team. Um, so that that was the idea to have a rep to represent the actual situation of photography or give an idea about what's going on. Wow, I did not know that you would have such a wide gamut of uh, of different aspects of analog i mean i know that you were going to be covering analog but you guys are covering analog cinema motion picture you guys are covering polaroid and the instant uh photography world um this is wow i'm i'm really impressed by this um so let's do let's talk about what you guys are doing differently to say something like these publications that have been around for you know 125 years like vogue um, you know, they're putting out these articles and they're having this, uh, issue where they're facing, um, less and less interest and less subscribers. And what, what is it that we're seeing, uh, with these versus like, say the, the content that photo classic is going to be putting out for the world? Well, I mean, it is for us, I think easier because we are, we are going into a niche market, uh, mm-hmm. and also that niche public who is is definitely um, is definitely seeking for something like that. I think it's for um, uh, for the old magazines, it was more difficult because um, they. I mean, if you are if you are today if you are writing about digital cameras or a digital camera magazine, um, you really have the problem every day. A new product comes out, and mm-hmm. you have to report about that. Um, we don't have this problem. Um, yeah. uh, so, uh, so, and we don't have we don't have a competition. <laughs> that's the, the, that, that's also the, there's no competitor there who could say, okay, uh, we are competing with them, and that makes things I think a bit easier. Um, but on the other hand, um, uh, we don't want to to, but but we want to definitely focus on quality. That's that's mm-hmm. very important for us um, uh, because we all love film. Um, who are d- doing that? But I don't. I don't think that that you could compare it, um, like like with the magazines around. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a, a few supporters, especially from the industry, where we just have two or three advertisers. Mm-hmm. But in fact, 
um, they are all from the film industry and um, like like oh, cool. like manufacturers who are definitely also in that niche market and they have the same problem <laughs> because they people don't know that they still exist. So yeah. in fact, um, we are helping each other uh, at the moment. So we don't have we don't have that competition situation. Maybe it makes it easier. It's well, it's just my humble opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that you bring up a very valid point. Um, you know, it's one of those, like, for example, we'll just say like outdoor photographer, like is one of those publications where I, I'm still subscribed to, but you know, it's like, I open it up. I'm like, okay, great. Thanks, Sigma. I don't need to see your new, you know, next art lens on every other page. Like this is just, I just want to read the article. And then by the time I read the five page article, I'm like, okay, great. I'm done. Um, so I, I find this absolutely awesome that you guys are able to create a publication that is going to be useful. And, and I was reading on the website, you said that you're going to have roughly 130 pages and of the, yes. that 130 pages, maybe four pages that are going to be advertising. And I think that is a, uh, an incredibly fair compromise. Uh, and it just is a huge testament that this is going to be, uh, a publication that's going to be just chock full of content and, and great imagery. So I, I'm kind of interesting. So the paper choices. So I know like magazines, they choose the, the most thin paper and, you know, they're printing at, you know, as, as, as for as many as possible. Can you tell me about like some of the, like the, the paper choices and how you guys went through that process in determining this is what we're going to print on? Well, we, um, I mean, Jim, Photo Classic is in fact our our gold standard uh, because um, the German Photo Classic is printed on the highest quality paper possible and on state of the art printing machines here in Germany. Uh, we could have printed it somewhere else and, and saved some money, but then we wouldn't have had uh, um, uh, uh, the right um, um, uh, couldn't check really the quality, so we would have seen it after it was uh, to the readers. Um, so we have definitely quality control. And um, that's very important. Oh, wow. A magazine itself, just the, the standard issue with 100 pages, is uh, 480 grams, nearly half a kilo uh, from its weight. So you can get an idea about, um, about the quality. And in fact, what we also wanted, it's not something that you just read and just throw away after a while. You can, you can store it and you just build up kind of database or knowledge base or mm -hmm. Over time, so whenever you, for example, say, um, "Oh, there was that article about, uh, let's say, uh, gold toning or whatever," you just go to your shelf, just take it out, and just read again about it. Yeah. So uh, it's a good combination of having portfolio plus um, photography knowledge. That is really cool. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny. I have I when I go to these old antique stores. Um, I keep an eye out for all of the old National Geographic magazines um, because there was just so much a there was amazing photography that went into it, and b uh, the articles that went into it just was such great content. And I, you know, I, it's kind of surprising that you know I can get them for like fifty cents now these days because the the information that I get out of it and the entertainment that I get out of it is still amazing. And I think 
publications like National Geographic still do an eh, okay job these days, but you know, it's not as much content and, and, and information and, the, and you can definitely tell there's a difference in the quality in the paper and all that. So that's really, that's really cool that you guys are making that such a huge, um, uh, emphasis on making sure that, you know, you even include quality control. I mean, that's the, I didn't even think about that at that, at that point. So there's for example, one point, I mean, there is a special, uh, coat which is uh, sprayed on the on the cover paper really? so that it's at yellow after a while and so a uv protection coat which is on top of it um that's the standard nowadays or especially for for high quality um uh, publications mm-hmm. uh, and i would say i would rate ours really as as top notch in that in that level so um and that's also the idea behind that very cool well, let's change up gears a little bit. So, um, you, you, you guys definitely are working on putting out an awesome product out, and I, I want to try to um, for anybody that's really interested in this, uh, and I will put links into the show notes into the uh, into the uh, for this podcast and go into the Kickstarter. Um, where um, let's talk about the price breakdowns on on the Kickstarter versus afterwards. So um, you know, if somebody wants to back you guys on uh, Kickstarter, what what are we looking for as far as pricing and all that? Well, now what we have is as the uh, um, as the standard subscription for the inaugural issue, which is 130 pages, and three following 100 pages uh, quarterly issues, um, uh, we have 49 euros. You have mm-hmm. to calculate that dollars that it's just showed on on, on Kickstarter, plus mm-hmm. the ship shipping costs, which are different in in different parts of the world. Um, for example, if you buy it in Germany, it's it's free of shipping because it's uh, it's easier to do. Mm-hmm. But um, when it goes overseas, we have to pack it in a special way. So it depends a bit on the destination where it goes through. Wow. So it you said it's roughly. Uh, 49 euros for an entire year's worth of subscriptions yeah and and plus plus shipping plus shipping because plus shipping yeah shipping could, we couldn't i mean it's different if you just send it to your australia or but we have even in greenland wow <laughs> subscribe. Well, so um uh, so we we have to find a, a mixed calculation about that so that we that we divided the world in different regions um and depending on that um uh, we have to make sure that it comes there uh, and without any damage, and and we can guarantee if someone just says okay, let's say the the worst case happened, they damaged it via via shipping. Just give us a um, a message, and we're going to send you a new one because we want we don't want to have anybody uh, being unhappy because his his his, his um, uh, was was scratched or whatever. So yeah. um, it, it's very important that things are going, and and that makes shipping. Next, shipping at the moment, the biggest obstacle. What we are looking for in the nearby future uh, is that we would like to have um, uh, help from distributors like, like for example, B&H or whatever kind of place you have in the United States oh, cool. that they spread it there. That would maybe help in order to yeah. decrease costs. Uh, but we are coming definitely to financial limits, um, yeah. especially when you want to ship things worldwide. Yeah, no, I, I think you you are doing something that's really interesting. So I, I just did as you were explaining everything and I was doing the price breakdown. So forty nine euros comes out to roughly fifty seven US dollars. Um and then there is a f- uh four uh four of them p- per year, which breaks it down to really fourteen dollars and fifty cents per uh 
issue. And honestly, I think that is an amazing price. And I know there is that's not including shipping, but for the price of a publication that is going to be such high quality, I you know I I've seen zines you know at that price. I mean that is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Wow, I'm I'm totally blown away. Well, I mean, it, it, the the idea was not to get rich with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I believe uh, Paul McKay from um, Analog Wonderland. He said uh, it is a get pork slowly program. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but especially that we are yeah. targeting on young readers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Easier if you have a readership, uh, your reader base is uh, between 50 and 60 mm-hmm. uh, because they do have a total different financial background most of the time, especially when they're on photography. But yeah. when you have young readers, uh, for a lot of people, you can see it here in Germany when I'm on, on, on exhibitions and we have the German magazine and you, you see suddenly an 18, 19 year old photography student mm-hmm. who's just searching for one or two magazines because he just can't afford that magazine. He yeah. doesn't have more money to spend. And in Germany, it's €9.90, the German issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, sometimes you really say, okay, for some people, really, every euro or every euro cent counts. And yeah, and we want not definitely to make it impossible just to have the young readers, to lose the young readers, and um, because we think they are the future for film. It doesn't mean we don't want older readers. We love every reader from mm-hmm. zero to nine. So you're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's absolutely awesome that you guys are doing something that is absolutely phenomenal. And um, I, I find myself constantly going out to the internet and looking for information about this new, you know, style of photography. You know, uh, uh, we have photographers, for example, Kate Hook, who soups her film, you know, and I find mm-hmm. that so intriguing. And she does things on on YouTube and, and she does an amazing job. But, you know, to have a, a, a book and actually see the print along with the story um, or the explanation is just phenomenal. And it's reflected light is a totally different experience than light that is being backlit. Um, yes. Yes. If, yeah, Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, well, I know we were covering a lot of um, uh, things about the print and everything. Um, and I asked you before I hit the big red button, um, is there a question that I did not ask that you would have liked me to have asked during this interview? Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a long story behind that. I mean, um, yeah. uh, Carrie, any idea? Uh, so bringing me into this at like the the eleventh hour. Hi, I'm Karis. I'm part of the team here. Hi, Karis. I'm the American language consultant and uh, all that kind of thing. Um, but actually, I thought the interview has sounded great from where I've been sitting. So uh, I can't think of anything really to add at this point. Yeah, um, I think what we would love to have is really a feedback uh, also from our potential readers, especially those analog photographers, to get in contact with them. Uh, because at the end of the day, they're going to read it. And, and we would love really not only to present them something, we also would like to hear their ideas in order to develop the coming issues. That's, that's maybe one of the points that could, uh, could be added. 
Oh, yes. Uh, and actually, um, I, I meant to ask this because this was one of the questions that was on my list. I guess, is there a way for people to reach out to Photo Classic if they got an idea or they want to collaborate and submit an article to you guys? Is that something that they can do? Probably the easiest way right now is just to do it through the Kickstarter. You mm-hmm. can click on the cute little picture of Mavan and, and send him a message. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have a we have a website, but it's kind of in its infancy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be also a website where you'll be able to contact us. That would be www.photoclassic, and that's classic spelled K L A S S I K minus international dot com. And uh, we will have ways for everybody to contact us there. It's just not quite set up yet. <laughs> gotcha. And I guess after the Kickstarter, once that whole process is done, you guys will have like a subscription login and all that stuff where people can actually subscribe through the website as well. Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, guys, I think, uh, we are going to wrap it up here and I just wanted to say thank you so much for, uh, coming in here at the, uh, late wee hours for you guys and um i'm really excited uh congratulations uh to photo classic and uh, um i cannot wait to see the articles that you guys are going to be uh putting out there so we're going to close this episode up i don't know if you guys can help me out with saying shoot some film dang it we sure can yeah. Shoot some film, dang it. <laughs> Shoot some film, dang it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. Right. And um, to the listeners, we will, the conversation does not end here. We do have a Facebook group. So uh, we will be talking about Photo Classic there. We'll have a great conversation um, in the Facebook group. So join us there. Uh, but for now, uh, thank you for listening. And we will have you guys on the next episode.